Leaders in Worship podcast, episode 17. Welcome back to the Leaders in Worship podcast, the podcast to equip, connect, and develop leaders in worship ministry. I'm your host, Matt Perkins. I want to thank you for listening. Today on our show, we have Dominique Palestas. Dominique is the worship pastor at Christian Life Center in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. She's going to be sharing her testimony, how she ended up there at the church and volunteering, and then through a series of events, ended up as the worship pastor at the church. I think you're going to really enjoy this. Next week on our podcast, I'm excited to have my friend BJ Putnam. BJ has just released this week a new CD project called More and More. If you have not purchased this project, I encourage you go now to iTunes and pick up that project. There are so many songs that will uh, encourage you and it will encourage your congregation. You need to have these songs in your worship services. You will love them. There's a song on there as you're approaching Easter called Beautiful Love, a powerful song, and I think that you will enjoy this CD. So make sure that you pick that up and then be with us next week for our interview with B.J. Putnam. Well, at this time, we're going to go right to our interview with Dominique Palestas. Dominique, thanks for being on the podcast today. Why don't you give us a little bit of background of how you got involved in music ministry, um, how you got involved there at the church, and and maybe that whole process. Okay, um, it's a it's a very long story, so I'm going to condense it <laughs> and give you guys quick snapshots. I uh, first came to CLC in 1991. I was married with three small children. And uh, my husband was in the military, and he was in uh, the Gulf War. So my parents were living in Florida, and I came to stay with them for a year uh, while my husband was gone. And I met, that's where I decided to, I visited several churches and decided to settle at CLC. Um, I uh, built a relationship then with the senior pastor and his wife, uh, Pastor Max Yuri. And um, after that, I continued to stay in touch with them. We eventually ended up at Southeastern. Uh, university and for four years which at the end of southeastern uh, a tragic thing happened with my uh, husband backsliding and uh, so just events ended I ended back up at CLC and uh, beginning in 1998 I was uh, really involved with their youth because my children were around middle school age and uh, I stayed connected with the youth for 10 years doing youth choirs, wow. fine arts, and leading worship with the youth group and overseeing their, their youth worship wow. with uh, several youth pastors. So, um, you know, what, what uh, the devil means for bad, God uses it for the good. Yeah. So um, being there with the youth, um, I was also involved with, the, of course, with the adults singing in the choir and mm-hmm. things and helping out when I could. But um, we had a large, like... Uh, from f- between 50 and 75 kids in the youth choir. So wow. it was huge and very fun. And um, But being involved with the adults, uh, eventually there was a position with the adult m- music ministries as an assistant. And I took that position in 2004. In 2007, our uh, music pastor at the time resigned, and I was asked to stay on as the music pastor. Wow. Uh, but all my life, I feel like I've 
every church I went to, for some reason or another, I was in charge of some kind of choir or ensembles. Yeah. I don't know how they even knew that I could do that, I guess. <laughs> God just... Was that ever something that you set out, like, you know, early on that you said, you know, I would love to be a, a worship pastor or something at a church? Was that... Um, I actually never wanted to be a... set out to be a music pastor. Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, I really just wanted to, to take care of my kids. I love to sing. But for some reason, I, I did have like a gift of, I guess, uh, getting songs together and having, because I always ended up there. Yeah. So I always found myself doing some kind of uh, group or I was actually, even before going to Southeastern, I did two choirs at two different churches. One was volunteer and one was a part-time staff without any training at all. So it was just, I, I guess, a gift that the Lord yeah put in me that I didn't even recognize yeah. until I found myself in it. <laughs> <laughs> now, once you found yourself at that point mm -hmm. of being from the associate and then moving into as now you're the music pastor, what was that like for you to process that? Um, honestly, if I'm going to be really honest, um, it was very overwhelming because um, there's a certain look and style and, and a certain uh, a look of a pastor on staff usually that people have in their heads yeah. that I even had in my head. So it was definitely um, God telling me, get out of the boat and come and walk on water because I felt like, you know, I just didn't feel qualified, yeah. you know. And so what I really had to tell the Lord was, um, if you will be the music pastor, I will help be with you. Yeah. <laughs> so you give me ideas, awesome. you tell me what to do, and I will do it. And um, that's what I really do. You know, there's so many people that are finding themselves in that situation. Maybe it's a, a different set of circumstances leading up to that. But for one way or another, they might be they might be put in charge because they're the only one and they're in a, a church that uh, they've never set out to have a choir mm -hmm. or anything. And now maybe they're the one with the idea. So the pastor said, okay, since <laughs> you had the idea, you're that person. What would you say to someone else that's kind of, maybe they're finding themselves in an overwhelming situation going, what do I do? Maybe I haven't had the training. Maybe I haven't had the background, and now I'm supposed to lead. What's next? Back in 1992, I actually was over a choir in uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. This is before I went to Southeastern. And I did recognize that I needed training. Mm -hmm. So training is important because you really can't be over a large choir and orchestra without having any knowledge of right. some kind of orchestration and conducting and whatever. So I would say you definitely, if you see that it's a big thing, thing that you have no training under, you definitely do yeah. need to, to get training. But even still, even the fact that I did have the four-year degree, I still didn't feel myself qualified. Right. So I really uh, have to say that if you have done everything you can do and you feel like God's putting you into something that is over your head, you feel yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. I would say to really trust in the fact that he knows what he's doing. He's placed you over there um, and that he's going to give you the ideas and he's going to lead and guide you because um, if he... If he places you somewhere, he's going to give you what you need to be right. successful. Yeah. And uh, I really had to do that. You know, and that really, when I found myself in coming out of college, because I, I didn't study music in college. I um, uh, My extent of musical training was I got kicked out of band in my <laughs> freshman year of high school. So, so then I, um, but I kind of stepped out of the boat and maybe... Um, 
probably sold myself to the senior pastor to a level where I knew that's what I was eventually going to do and just said, give me the shot before you go and hire somebody outside because the music pastor left where I was at. And I don't know if it was God or just complete (laughs) stupidity that I went into his (laughs) office and said, look, before you hire outside, give me the shot. And if I can't do it, you can fire me. And we'll just have that agreement and we'll go with that. But I spent, I mean, every waking moment then trying to study because... You know, we had people with advanced degrees in right. music, and you have to be able to at least talk with them on right. a level that they're not going to blow you off. So and they just, respect you. Yeah, yes. and mm-hmm. just to, even to be able to go back and say, go to Measure 32. Yeah. Um, yeah. You There's know, some and so, basics you have to have. Yeah, and, and there are resources that you can get to help you with, you know, if you're in a um, kind of in a situation where you're starting out to get you from that level one to maybe level two and you know and so those are those are things you really want to seek out and develop your craft definitely there was a transition you're at your church you had a long-term pastor talk a little bit about how that transition uh, came about and what was involved in that um our senior pastor just felt that it was time for him to move on to you know not not retire because he moved on to doing uh, other work but now, now, and that senior pastor was there for how many years? Thirty-three years. Okay, wow. Yeah, so <laughs> he was, and he was uh, in his seventies, and he just felt that it was time for him to transition on to uh, doing more uh, overseeing of other pastors and things like that. And he just felt that for the church to go and grow to where it needed to be, he needed to have someone else come in. Wow. And and take over. And that person, it was a couple. It's a couple that's in their forties. So, um, and they're full of energy and trying to just, you know, we're trying to figure out different things and we're trying different things. And so, um, but it's, it's been awesome because, you know, it's a a great spirit of unity there Mm -hmm. and they are very, they trust, they're very trusting and they're, it's, it, it did, honestly, you had to sit back and evaluate different things that you were doing and look at things and just see, uh, not be set in your ways. You know, right. because um, there are different things that they wanted to implement and everything that are going to cause the church to right. grow. Yeah. And we definitely wanted to facilitate that like 100 percent. Right. Yeah. So um, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> now, you can find yourself when you're working under a senior pastor that has been there for long term. To where now, you know, like you said, you're moving into a new style, a new transition. Mm-hmm. Now you can't be set in your ways. Right. You have to be open and doing that. Was that transition? Was it? Was it fast? Um, it's been it's been steady. I can't say you know it was. It's fast and steady mm-hmm. because um, you know we it's none of us really know exactly like this is it you know when you're right. doing transition you're trying different things and you, yeah. you're trying to do different things to help the church to grow and i never felt like we had like our own agenda we always feel like we're there to facilitate the vision of the pastor mm-hmm. so um it wasn't hard in that way you know we yeah. always were there to facilitate uh what he's trying to do with his messages and his themes and things like that has that changed your I know the focus and maybe the vision of kind of and direction of where you're you're headed, you know, as a church. Did that change your style 
of where you're headed stylistically with with your uh, ministry and department, or has that not really happened as of yet? I think the biggest uh, change that has happened with the music department, as far as the 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 focus of it, was um, I I think that the an older generation, which you know I was I've been doing music since the '80s. You know, they were very um, ev- uh, production driven mm-hmm. and big choir specials and things like that was yeah. very important. And worship was also, I uh-huh. can't say it wasn't, but I have to say now worship has taken a whole other level. Yeah. And so that has taken almost a front seat mm-hmm. um, with us because we had to be a lot more uh, fluid and a lot more spontaneous in our yeah. worship. Um, even though we still kept the choir specials and right. productions and things like that, we added a lot more of a, f- a fluid worship time, a spirit-led, you know. Cool. So. Now, where where would you say you're at in that transition now? Is that, um, how long has your new pastor been there at the church? He has been there over a year, um, and we're still like, we're not like, I don't think we, you ever figure out worship. I don't yeah. think, if anybody tells you they figured out worship, <laughs> I think they have. They're, they're like, so, but, um, but I think that there's the, I think the bottom line between a music pastor and a past senior pastor is trust. Yeah. And so that has built, it's taken time, but you know, we've built trust with uh, the pastor and his wife, the senior pastor and his wife. He knows that you know, when we're going to do something, how it's going to come out. We definitely go for input and yeah. try to make sure that we're, uh, you know, we're fulfilling the vision that he's having for yeah. the different services. But, um, and, you know, that was, I guess, maybe the biggest uh, thing was hoping that the trust was going to be there. Right. With a brand new pastor who kind of inherited you right. <laughs> and didn't bring you on. Yeah. So that has been awesome to see that the Lord just worked that out and we right. really... You know, and still feel kind of um, like there's some security yes. within that process. Yes, and I definitely feel that because they're very, very encouraging, very uh, um, supportive, and they seem pleased. You know, so yeah. and God is moving powerfully, so it's yeah. been awesome. Are there any other uh, maybe things that you would say if someone is finding themselves in a transition where they're um, changing? Whether direction or uh, whether it could be stylistically, it could be with their pastor changing. Um, what would you say to them? Would you give any words of advice of what you would? I I would say really honestly take your uh, don't take anything personally. Try to really find out what it is that they want and what they are feeling God is telling them, and not to uh, go in with a chip on your shoulders at all because it's not about you. It's right. about the people in the congregation, the people God want to reach. Right. So you definitely don't want to be a hindrance to that because you have your agenda or your feelings or right. what you want to do yeah. and see and ha- to happen. Well, and it, and it brings it back to the point that in ministry, no matter what role we are in, um, we're to serve yes. people. We're to serve the vision of the house. We're to serve our senior pastors that we know that anointing flows from the top down. Right. And so... We can't get, anytime we try and get out from under that and do our own thing, it's going to be bad. Right. <laughs> and, you know, one, one thing I've, like, noticed is um, if you really seek 
the Lord, like, if you really pray about things and honestly try to, there's one Holy Spirit and he directs and guides the leadership. Um, and, you know, usually like we're always, you know, we're on the same page as long as we're listening. So yeah. I, I, I don't feel like, you know, a lot of times he'll come up with, he's, hey, you know what, I need this. And you're like, oh, that's what we're doing. Yeah. So that happens a lot. So thank God, you know, we're awesome. listening to <laughs> Yeah, it, because it's, um, I know it, many times if there is a change in leadership, it can bring um, insecurity, it can bring fears, it can bring all of those things up to the surface. And being able to to develop trust early yes. on with your senior pastor and where there's some things that you are intentional about in making sure that that to help build that trust where there's some things that maybe you thought hey if i if i do this or communicate um that will help this process yes i was very intentional about getting a debrief after services and just to pick his brain about like how he felt the different things work because i might have thought something was very uh, great or whatever and then that wasn't the way, you know, you never know. Yeah. So I just would go and say, um, you know, how did you feel about this or whatever? And definitely before the services, I definitely tried to understand where he was going to go and yeah. what he wanted to accomplish. Yeah. And so that way we, we were right there with him. We, our, our keyboardist watches the pastor a lot mm-hmm. just to see, to make sure he's not trying to tell us something and we're off. Yeah. <laughs> with our eyes closed in heaven somewhere. So uh we, you know, just watch him and um and just listening what he when he says something. Yeah. Uh to really understand what he's saying in the debrief. Yeah. Um, you know. Now when does that debrief happen during the week? We actually have a, a standing meeting once a week. Oh, cool. Yeah. So because he's super busy and it's very hard to get in there yeah. and everyone's lined up at the office. Door. <laughs> so at a certain time every week we go over the order of service. We debrief about this, the services before we go over uh, future programs and stuff. And I'm also in the, the creative team meeting. So I get to hear about his um, his sermon series and things like that. So we can start planning ahead because we do our music a month out for the choir specials. Oh, OK. So you definitely want to be. Uh, yeah. On the same page. As we're kind of wrapping this up, if someone wants to get in contact with you. It's Pastor Dominique, D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E, at clcftl.org. Great. And we'll have that link in the show notes, how you can uh, get a hold of Dominique if you'd like to ask a question. And you also have some things coming up at your church in June uh, you have a ministries conference. Yes, we have a ministries conference. It was a worship conference that we are transitioning into a, a ministries conference, which will involve youth, children, life groups, outreach, and we're going to continue with the worship. Uh, one fun aspect of it is we end up, for the worship segment of it, everyone who was in that track, we end up doing a big concert together on Sunday night with a a lot of different guest pastors and things from the area. That's awesome. That's one unique thing is having that concert on the Sunday night and kind of bringing it together for all the people that were a part of that. And so so if you can get uh, down to South Florida and Fort Lauderdale, uh, when is that happening? That's in June, correct? Yes, June 20th until the 23rd. Great. And how do they find out more information about that? If you contact, if you go on our website, there's going to be a relentless link 
on there where you can get more information. That's coming up soon within the next couple of weeks. We'll have the link up. Great. And that website again is um, clcftl.org. Great. Well, I want to thank Dominique for being with us today. And we would love to hear from you. If you have questions or comments, please email us, feedback at leadersinworship.com. We would love to hear maybe some ideas for future episodes, and we would love to connect with you. We'd also appreciate if you could go to iTunes, leave us a written review and a starred rating. That will help us as people are trying to find us and locate us. Hey, we have over 31 countries now that have downloaded episodes of the Leaders in Worship podcast. Every week we hear from someone new that is listening to this podcast, and we are so thankful that you are with us and you are listening. Well, I hope that this is an incredible week for you, and you have a great weekend of ministry. God bless.